welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast. I am uh, your co-host, Mark Hodgkin, here with Kevin DeShazo for Episode 2. Kevin, how are you doing? Doing great, Mark. Excited to, to get Episode 2 rolling. Yeah, thanks for everybody who's listening and uh, listened so far. I think this is uh, we're still very excited about this process as we go here into the holidays. That brings us to our, our topic for today, which is how do you use, hopefully, some time off to uh, to recharge and get back and better than ever. For the people in college, uh, sometimes uh, the holiday time and around Christmas and New Year's can be a chance where there's maybe a few days off. Um, obviously, football season is winding to a close. Basketball season is in full swing, but uh, some of the other sports have ended and uh Maybe just maybe some of uh, some of you folks will have a chance to uh, to take some time for family and holidays. And um, you know, from our perspective on how do you come back in the new year um, and how do you use time off to to kind of recharge? So I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think this idea of resting or recharging or getting time off is on some level laughable, especially to the people in the athletics industry. I did a, a webinar last week, maybe two weeks ago, for NACTA on this topic of. Of, of work-life balance and, and being present and productive. And this is idea, what we call the five gears. And it's interesting, I've done this on a number of, that session on a number of campuses with a number of teams, both in athletics and professional organizations. And this idea of work-life balance, of getting to rest, again, people are like, what, what, is, what is that? I don't know what, what rest means. And so I think within that five-gear system, we've got some ways to, to rethink this idea of work-life balance and, and to really be intentional. Again, we're going to hit this idea of accidental versus intentional probably on every single podcast because it's, it's a really significant thing in how we choose to live. And, and if we, we, can, we can complain or we can be intentional and choose to direct the way that we, we lead and we live and we structure our days as best we can. But again, this idea of work-life balance is a mindset. And the holidays is a great time to really try to unplug, to rest, to evaluate what happened this year, how do we grow, what, what mistakes did we make, uh, but to just really be intentional to be present with those around us. That's what the holidays are about. It's about connecting with people, about uh, being with your friends, being with your family, but it's a time to be with people that you love and to be with people that you care about. Um, and even if that is people that you work with, because you've got basketball tournaments going on, you've got sports of all, of all variety happening. Uh, and so sometimes you may be out traveling with teams, but there's still ways that we can find time to, to disengage from, from everything. Yeah, and hopefully uh, we don't get too much uh, hate mail about the idea of taking some time off. I think uh, I think in, in college sports especially, I've seen that, that, you know, we do tend to wear um, the hours we work and the time we put in our lack of downtime is kind of a badge of honor. And that's something, you know, I've done and I've, I've seen, and I think there's a lot to that. Uh, working hard is, is crucial. It's, uh, it's important to get ahead. Everybody wants to be known as a hard worker. I think one of the, the, the worst things you could be called, at least in my mind, is somebody who's lazy or not. So totally understand that part of it. And we want to be practical in the way we, we talk about this because we know that there are plenty of demands working in sports and there's plenty of things that we can't control. And, and you know, taking a two-week vacation in Mexico is not in the cards for, for most of us. That being said, you know, I do think there are ways that, that we can do better and we can be, as Kevin says, intentional. Um, and I guess the one thing I would start off with is when, when you're off, try to be off try to really unplug and i know this will get people really nervous when they think about it and uh and something else we'll talk about in the future but i went um, an entire month um, disconnecting from social media and learned a lot from that but i think one of the biggest things about that was being able to spend time with people without 
worrying about the phone ringing or worrying about checking something or that little, you know, dopamine rush we all get from, from our, our devices. And I'm not saying we can all unplug it for the entire holiday time. Things are going to come up. We're all on call. But, you know, maybe even if it's just blocks as, uh, you know, as small as an hour or times when you know that something's not going to come up or it's very unlikely that something's going to come up, take that time and really use it well to connect with the people that matter to you and and fully recharge not trying to recharge with one eye open looking towards the device or an email coming in and i need to be the first to respond to that because you know very rarely well you, people will know their situation and their things but I, I would encourage people to think about times where they could could try to do that at least in a, in a short spurts of really getting off and really really thinking about being present with with their downtime because Kevin, I'll kick it back to you on this. Why don't you talk a little bit about you know, the way to effectively downshift, set yourself up to recharge. Yeah. And I think you hit on a great point in that we know people in college athletics and, and professional athletics or whatever industry you work in, we know that you are busy. And I think there's also this issue of the, the hustle culture. And we wear that, like you said, as, as a badge. And I don't think that's healthy. I know it's not healthy. That's why we have burnout. That's why people are constantly hopping from job to job, hoping that the next one will be their chance to finally not kind of be a slave to their work where they're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. So there's a work hard, do great work. I think there's a way we can, we can hopefully be a little more intentional in our day where we don't have to be working all the time and where that busyness is not a badge of honor. Cause we always ask people, Hey, how are things going? Oh, busy. And most of time we're a, we're, we're, Maybe we are armed, but we're saying that because we want people to feel like, oh, this person's important. They're always busy. They always have work to be doing. And we shouldn't always be having, we shouldn't always have work that has to be done. And then we shouldn't be finding our identity just in our work. But this concept of five gears, and I'm just going to go over the, the five gears really quickly. We'll put it up again on show notes. Uh, I mentioned this in, in the NACTA podcast, but it's about being present and productive and this idea of work-life balance, which again is a myth because we obviously work more than we quote-unquote live. But it's just a mindset and shifting into the right gear at the right time. Fifth gear is what we would call focus mode. This is when you've got your door shut. If you're in an open workspace, you've got headphones on, no interruptions. You're focused on one task, no email, no social media, no texting, no phone calls, no impromptu meetings. You're just dialed in and you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, it's two o'clock. I had no idea. And you, it's a good thing almost because you just cranked out a ton of work. And five-year session, by the way, is like a two-and-a-half to three-hour session. We go into where you go under stress, the downfalls of, of being unhealthy in certain gears. So we're just scratching the surface of, of what each gear is. Fourth gear is, is task mode, which is where I think we live. We're checking email. We're working on a, on a report. Somebody walks into the office. We've got a meeting real quick. We get a phone call, and we're always responding. We're always juggling uh, multiple things. And I think we wake up. In fourth gear, we wake up checking our email, we wake up checking social media, and we're immediately in task mode for the rest of the day. And then we go to bed checking email or checking social media, and it's just this cycle that we get stuck into. It's kind of the, the result of the quote-unquote hustle culture. Third gear is social, uh, what I would call maybe, maybe going to NACTA, networking events, barbecues, golf outings, uh, alumni events, just a social setting where you're not talking about work, you can, if it's appropriate, you can shift back up into fourth gear and talk about work, but it's generally just surface conversation. That doesn't mean fake conversation. Just, Hey, how are things going? How's the family? What have you been up to? Uh, I love third gear. It's one of my favorites as, as an extrovert, I thrive in, in third gear. Second gear uh, is connect. And that is 
going a little bit deeper than third gear. It's a one-on-one time. It's date night. It's coffee with a friend. It's lunch with a coworker. And it's, hey, how are you really doing? It's active listening. Again, going beyond the surface level conversations of third gear. And then first gear is is what we're going to focus on today, this idea of rest and recharge. And work-life balance isn't about being at work all day you know, and never being home. You can be home at five o'clock and still not have work-life balance. You're still on your phone, you're on your computer. And this was me for years. When I started Fieldhouse Media, I was addicted to my phone and I still have issues with it, but I was addicted to being, if something happened uh, in the college athletic space as it relates to social media, I wanted to be the first person to post about it as if that was some kind of badge of honor to be first, as if that was some way to get business. And in, in five and a half years, I've yet to have any school out of the, I've been on over a hundred campuses at this point. Not one of them has said, Hey, we're bringing you out because of that tweet that you sent. You sent that before anybody else. That was really impressive. But in my mind, that was how I had to get ahead. That's how I had to establish credibility. And what it actually did was, was undermining my influence with my wife, with my kids, because I was home. I might be home at four o'clock. I might be home at five o'clock, but I'm not present. And so that this idea, again, of work-life balance, it's a mindset. It's okay. I'm, I'm leaving work. I need to shift into third or second gear with my family. Once they go to bed, then I can shift back into fourth gear and get some work done after I've spent some time hanging out with my wife. If she's going to get some work done, then I kind of have permission to go back into fourth gear. But the gear that I was always missing was first gear. And I think that's a really, really difficult gear for most people to get into, this idea of rest and recharge. And, and the first thing I want to say about it is that crashing is not resting. So when you come home from a long road trip or a long couple of days at the office and you just crash and do nothing all day on a Saturday or do nothing when you get home at night, that is not resting. That is not recharging. You're actually hurting the people around you by crashing. You're not present. You're certainly not productive. A lot of us, you know, we were in a session with the NBA team and, and one of the girls uh, on, on their fan engagement or fan experience team said, yeah, I just came back from a trip from Dallas this weekend and I just crashed all day Sunday. I did nothing. And I said, I bet you're more stressed now because of that, aren't you? And she said, yeah, because she had all this laundry and all these other things that needed to be done that she put off because she crashed. She didn't feel rested. She actually felt more stressed. And so there's, there's a difference between crashing and resting, but we have to find out how do we recharge? And if you're an extrovert or an introvert, you're going to recharge differently. So for an extrovert, that might be going to the movies with some friends or having some, a small group of people over to the house. If you're an introvert, maybe that's reading a book, uh, going on a walk, doing some exercise, but usually things that are by yourself or maybe with one or two other people. For me, I've realized that recharge, I'm, I'm great having, having guys over at the house and sitting on the front porch, chatting for hours talking about whatever, going to the movies, going out for drinks with some friends, or I, I was raised an only child. So I, my introvert is, is pretty strong. I love just going for a run. And if I don't get that time, I feel stress building up. And so my wife, now we have this language. So the beauty of, of the tools that we use with giant is creating uh, an objective language to where people don't, the same words mean the same thing to the same people at the same time. So instead of saying to my wife, I need some time to myself, which sounds selfish, I'm saying, hey, I need some first-gear time. She's like, oh, I got you. Go for a run. And the flip side is I have to do the same for her. Hey, you need some first-gear time. Go for a walk. Go read a book. Go do what you need to do. I've got the boys for an hour. Because if you, if you have a stay-at-home spouse, they're probably in fourth-gear all day as well. So when we come home, like, oh, I just need 30 minutes to myself. Well, they've been in fourth-gear all, all day. They're like, wait a minute. Like, I've been working too. You know, when do I get that 30 minutes? But it's just being intentional. And, again, as you said, if it's unplugging, actually unplugging. 
And so for me, it was, it was my phone and I, I, I'm not perfect at it, but there were times I'd sit down. So we, we had this conversation about the five years with, with my family. And so I'm sitting down on the couch with, with my seven-year-old and we're watching TV, probably sports. And I'm kind of checking Twitter over to the side of my phone. He's like, dad, are we supposed to be in third gear right now? Oh, that's the worst when your seven-year-old calls you out. But, but it's that thing you can't, I can't argue with that. You know, when it's, hey, what are you doing on your phone all the time? Well, I'm building something. What do you mean, what am I doing? Hey, we're in third gear. Why don't you meet us there? Well, I can't argue with that. I, I can try, but it's not going to work. It's going to look, look pretty bad. And so once you have this language, uh, it, it helps lower that, that drama, that miscommunication. But we, ha- we have to make time for first gear. And maybe that's even in the middle of your day, going for a walk for five or 10 minutes. Uh, but Mark, I know you're an introvert. We, we recharge in different ways. How have you found this to be helpful in, in your life? Yeah, you're totally right. And I think um, before I get into that, the, the idea of having a common language among the people you spend time with is is unbelievable. And that's, uh, you know, something that we should all strive for because, you know, anybody who's been married or in a committed relationship has always had that moment of you're here, but you're not here, that kind of thing. I'm sure that's familiar. And that's that's exactly what Kevin's talking about when you you have one eye on the phone and one eye on the TV and you're supposed to be quote unquote talking or whatever. So I, I think that's right. And then, um, like you said, uh, as an introvert, you know, I love second gear. I love fifth gear. These are the, the places I like to be. I recharge. And actually, we'll, we'll talk about introvert versus extrovert in more depth at some point. But I really started thinking about it in a more healthy way when I realized it's more about what you do to recharge and kind of charge your batteries up. And for me, you know, I, I do love reading. I do love getting kind of some time to focus on catching up with friends, talking to my wife, spending time really getting into things. I think that's, that's important. Um, I had a weekend a few weeks ago that probably had me as recharged as anything. And it was a weekend full of getting some stuff done. And that was, you know, it wasn't work stuff, but it was getting uh, some stuff around a new place organized. It was knocking a few things off our to-do list. You know, those things that you always talk about doing that you never do, whether it's a enjoyment activity or something that you need to to accomplish either way i find a lot of energy coming from getting those things done and and feeling like the weekend hey you know what i had some time to relax i slept in i had fun but i also got a couple things done i didn't just sit around on the couch the entire time there's a place for that and there's there's time where that's you know can be healthy but it also you know it's in some ways like fast food it's not fulfilling long term it's not it's not something that will keep you nourished, you know, for lack of a better term. So, and we talked about it in the last episode, um, about understanding yourself. I think understanding yourself will teach you to how to focus on, on how you recharge and how you, how you can get better and how you can take time, take use of even these rare times to, to recharge and, and, and refresh yourself so you can do a better job at work. Yeah. And that's the thing. Again, going back to this idea of being intentional, if you know how you recharge, and we all recognize the need for it. Everyone on the team recognizes the need for it. Your family recognizes the need for it. Um, because if we don't recharge, we're never going to be at our best. We're always going to be stressed. We're always going to be on edge. We're always going to be distracted. And, and our team, whether you're the quote-unquote leader or just a team member, your team needs you at your best. And if you're not recharged, you can't bring your best. And I think a lot of us are operating in that space where we just feel like at any moment we could just lose it. And we feel exhausted. We're overworked. And we're not making time for ourselves, and and nobody can force you to take time. Nobody's going to say, "Hey, go go rest." <laughs> like nobody's going to do that. You have to take ownership of of yourself and care for yourself. And again, going back to that idea of a, of a common language, if your team has that language, and you say, "Hey, let's say you're an introvert and you're in a team meeting and you guys have been going for three four hours, and you're just 
at, at your at the end of your rope in terms of of thinking of ideas and interacting with people, and you've got nothing left to give. If you can say, "Hey, I I need five minutes first of your time," I'll be right back. If the team knows that language, like you know what, absolutely, because we want you at your best. If you're not bringing your best right now, you're not valuable to us, and not in a hateful way. But we, we want your best. We want your best ideas. So go go walk around the building for five minutes. Go sit in your car for 10 minutes, whatever it may be. I was working with a with an athletic department a couple of years ago, and they realized that where their offices are, there's an indoor track connected to their athletic offices. And they're like, man, why don't we just go walk around that once in the morning, once in the afternoon? It's five, 10 minutes, and that gets them refreshed and ready for the introverts, gets them ready to re-engage with the people on their team, and they've got fresh ideas, they've got fresh perspective, but it just comes from being intentional and saying, okay, I have to make time for me. But again, like you said, that doesn't mean doing nothing. It could be doing work around the house, doing yard work. That can be recharging for some people uh, because it's not doing actual work. It's getting your hands dirty, you're by yourself, but you're still being, being productive, and such a significant thing that's that's reshaped kind of the way I live in terms of the five gears you have gears you're naturally good at based on how you're wired based on your personality so I'm naturally good at third gear fourth gear and then first second and fifth were my bottom three again it's tough for me to focus I'm easily distracted second gear I always want to keep it real casual and not go too deep Um, and then first gear was really difficult well that first gear has now become a much better gear for me because I've made it a priority knowing, especially as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I can easily just run, run on fumes, uh, but that I'm not performing my best for schools and I'm on campus for my family. If I'm constantly stuck in uh, third and fourth gear. So now that I make time for first gear, it's, it's amazing how much less stress I feel and how, and how the impact that has on my family, on the people around me, because I'm just in a better mood and it, I'm not taking hours. And so First gear can be really unhealthy. Again, you can you do it in a way that really hurts other people. If you're just going out for four or five hours at a time and your family's like, wait, where are you going? Like, we, we need you around here. That's, that's when it's unhealthy. Or if you're just binge watching hours and hours of Netflix at night, which is where I go in extreme stress, that's, that's what I do. Had I known this about myself in college, I wouldn't have lost a scholarship. I spent hours and hours playing video games and, and lost my scholarship because I was stressed. And so it's those kind of introvert sensor type activities that I get involved in. But I know that if I go there, I'm hurting my family. So if I can just go for a three, four, five mile run, keep it under an hour, uh, or on Saturday mornings, maybe I go out for a two, two hour bike ride with some, with some guys, that's a time for me to recharge. And my family knows that because of that, they're going to get my best. Yeah, and I think it's worth repeating. You know, we talked about people in sports, and and we all understand how hard we work, and we understand that culture. And you know, I would challenge people to to try to take this to heart, even if it doesn't feel like it makes sense, you know, to you um, at the moment, or you feel like if I try to take some time for myself, um, I'll be thought of as not a not a hard worker, not a hustler. You know, we talk um, a lot in our classes, and I know. Kevin and I have a lot of thoughts on uh, on Gary Vaynerchuk and his he's kind of the king of hustle and he talks about it nonstop and it's it's intimidating frankly following his life on social media and being like man this guy does not stop he is you know his advice is you know, work harder and work more and do this and that and you know I think there's um, a lot of debate we could have about you know the merits of kind of his ideas but um, one thing he does talk about is when he's off he's off you never see his kids on his on Instagram or whatever he says you know if I'm if I'm home at at, at six o'clock, that work is over. It is, it is time to focus hundred percent of that same intensity and that same aggressiveness to, you know, his personal side. You just don't see it on the, on the Instagram posts and Twitter posts and things like that. So, you know, I think it, nobody would doubt his, 
his hustle and his drive, but even he explicitly calls out the need to kind of take some time for intentional recharging. Yeah. And I think he does his, he's able to work the way he does because of that recharge. And he's able to consistently create great content to be effective on some level. It's it concerning because he, he pushes that hustle culture, but he does balance it every now and then he, he acknowledges like, look, I'm with my family. You're not going to see a post a reply for me for the next for the next week. And so when he's off, he's fully off. And that we feel like we're always going to miss something, right? The fear of missing out. I, I turn my phone on do not disturb from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. I don't get texts. I don't get phone calls. I don't get emails. I mean, I get all these things. I'm just not reading them because I, I just don't need that, that stress. <clears throat> I don't check, excuse me, I don't check email f- or, or Twitter first thing in the morning like I used to do. I wake up. I spend some time with my boys. I read a little bit, and I'm in a much better mood. I'm in a much better mindset because I'm not immediately into task mode being dominated by, by the work. I try not to look at it before I go to bed. Don't always succeed at that. But, again, it's just being intentional. It's saying I'm not being selfish. It's I have to take care of myself. Uh, you can't care for other people if you don't care for yourself first. And, and leadership, leaders have to be rested. We have to be recharged if we're going to be effective. And so, again, that's not a selfish thing. Um, it's a requirement. And if, if you are leading a team, know how the people on your team are wired. If you know people are introverts, give them space. Hey, do you need to go for a walk? If you would suggest that to them, say, hey, you look, you look stressed. Why don't you go take five, ten minutes, go for a walk? A, you increase your influence, but B, you get so much more buy-in because like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you. I do need five, 10 minutes. Your team needs that, right? You're, 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 you will ultimately increase productivity on your team when you allow people that space to recharge throughout the day. It's a great point. And think about how, how much respect you'd have for, for your boss. I'm lucky enough to have one that, that does say things like that. And, you know, but I've been places where that's not the case. And, you know, the difference is, is enormous. So thinking about how your people, if you do manage people, would react to that is, uh, is definitely worthwhile. And that's a, that's a huge investment that will pay off big time. Definitely. You know, one other thing, Kevin, I think uh, that's important to talk about, and, you know, we're, this is a sports business, we're into podcasts, and I think when we're, we're taking some time to recharge the holidays, we're taking some time to think about the year that was, and 2016, by every measure, was a, a stressful and interesting year, not only personally, but for, for probably most people. Um, so as you sit back and kind of look at the last year, I think one of the things we could all do that will all help our, our sanity, will all help our productivity, and will all help us recharge is, you know, being able to show some gratitude and feel some gratitude for being able to work in sports. You know, we all know this deep down, I think, um, and we all know, and we can all commiserate with each other for the hours and the challenges and the, you know, sometimes low pay and all those kind of things. But I think we all know that in sports, if, uh, if somebody leaves, there's hundreds, if not thousands of resumes that, that fall in afterwards. So I think taking just a few times uh, to, to really get in there and, and think about uh, being grateful for the opportunity to work in sports is a healthy thing. Another one that's maybe not, you know, something you don't have to do out loud and you don't have to do in front of people. Uh, it probably feels a little bit weird, but, you know, I, I think it's important to do that. I think gratitude is vastly underrated as a, as a mechanism to not only be a better professional, but be a better person. So hopefully we all have some chance to, uh, to take a little bit of time in the, in the holidays and around New Year's and, uh, and think about that. And I think that's a great point in terms of how, uh, how busyness impacts our lack of gratitude. When we're constantly focused on work and we're constantly moving from task to task, that really prohibits us from having a, a mindset of gratitude because we're always focused on the work. So when we take time to sit back and recharge, take stock of our life, take stock of all the great things that, that are happening to us, uh, we have jobs, we have homes, we have families, we have whatever it may be, we have a lot to be grateful for. 
that doesn't come and we're always stuck in the work. And so hopefully people take some time over the holidays to, to rest, to recharge, to make that a priority in your life, not just over the season, but throughout the course of your life. Find some time for first gear. Mark, great conversation. Had a blast talking about this issue that I think is a really, really important issue for, for people, not just in, in sports, but in every industry, um, learning to care for yourself, learning to find time to rest and recharge. As always, thank you for listening to the Sports Leadership Podcast. If you guys have questions, if you have suggestions, if you have insight, find us on Twitter at Mark underscore Hodgkin or at Kevin DeShazo. We would love to hear from you. Till next time, have a great week. Have a great We'll talk soon.